Leveling off, sir. Well, it's very nice of you to let me see inside the cockpit like this, chap, sir. How long is this trip going to take? About 1,600 miles from London. Oh, tell me about it, and it feels like further. It's getting on for a year since I was last there, and... With this tailwind, we should be there in 70 minutes. We should be in London for lunch. Oh, lunch in London. Or anywhere. It would just be... so... nice. I mean, it just... I mean... There's no response at all. Good. Oh, uh, sorry, just uh, remembering. <laughs> well, since you were kind enough to give me a guided tour, it's only fair I repay you in kind and tell you that you two have been selected to press the button on the randomizer today. We can't have. Well, don't sound so thrilled about it. I just thought since you're both about to die horribly and be reborn under the control of an evil alien intelligence, you might want to... What? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. Uh, Mr. Copilot Chappie, would you like to press the button today? Yes, sir. That's it, thank you. Oh, and by the way, who exactly provided your voice that nobody seems to know? Someone or, or something. Well, glad we've cleared that up. Uh, right, what do we have today? Mayday, mayday. Oh, excellent. Yes, it's been a while since we last heard from the Secret Service, so... Trouble on the port outer, sir. Uh-oh. We've lost all power. Ah, yes, it's probably my cue to leave. I'll just strap on my parachute and, uh... Oh, bother, must have left it on the ground. Well, I guess we're already heading that way anyway, so... Send out a Mayday to London. The radio's dead, sir. Well, here's Mayday Mayday. Let me give you a hand with that radio. So, welcome back to the Secret Service on the Randomizer. I don't think we've been here since... He's made up. Oh, the summer, I suppose. And sign the oil concession. I think you are wrong. The money will be used for schools, hospitals, irrigation schemes... How can this be wrong? And I can't remember what country we're in uh, to start this, but... Uh, the decision is not yours. The world president is here as this uh, king or prince or whatever, and um, they're driving into some stock footage from Joe 90, the episode King for a Day. But up on the roof, oh, new footage. There's a, a sniper waiting to take down the president or prime minister or whoever he is. He's got him. Oh, the guard's got the assassin. And he's making a run for it. Are you all right? Yes. It's... It's just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound? I'll cancel the arrangements for your flight. No. The oil rights agreement is too important. We go to London as arranged. The Moldovian oil concessions are very important to us. Now that the king has arrived... I've arranged for you to join his retinue to be at hand watching for trouble. Nothing must happen to him here in Britain. We understand, Bishop. We'll carry out your plan. Remember, we're responsible until he finally arrives in New York. And they have already been... After that, I don't much care. Yes, indeed, we must remember that. Goodbye, Bishop. Well, let's get started. Oh, I love how polite Father Unwin and the Bishop are to each other. Of course, Matthew's here as well. He's been briefed, too, on this important mission to protect the uh, Moldovian chappie. And now it's time for the shrinking. Oh, and this time they're they're going right as they leave the vicarage. Normally they go left. This is the sort of interesting information and fascinating facts that you only get by listening to the randomizer. Oh, and I love this shot of Gabriel going over the bridge. Ah, oh, and there's some more reused footage from uh, Kind of you to let me join your retinue. Joe 90. Well, now the oil agreement has been signed. 
I am glad to have a man of intellect to talk to. And you may recognize the uh, the voice of the uh, session to our oil field. Moldovian king is, uh, is David Graham. To visit my four-year-old son. We can have a longer discussion on the plane. Who This was the first of only two episodes of The Secret Service that he did voices in. Uh, he's not credited for this, but it's very clearly him. Good night, Father Anwin. He's off to bed. You can come out now, Matthew. And I, I've always wondered if um, maybe Graham's involvement in later episodes is due to the fact that... Um, at 2 a.m. David Healy, who had been a regular voice artist through uh, Captain Scarlet and, and Joe 90, he's actually only in four episodes out of the 13 of The Secret Service, so maybe they felt they were a man down, why not get old, reliable David Graham in to, uh, to build up the numbers a bit? Anyway, the uh, king... He is a king, and even if he's not a king, I'm going to call him a king, is uh, now safely tucked up in bed, and uh, this is quite well done, but I suspect if the show is ever released on Blu-ray, it will look pretty bad. Um, obviously, the puppet is is sleeping in bed, but there's Matthew, a, a little dummy of Matthew standing on a chair nearby, and then they cut to the real Matthew puppet, and um, it's pretty much in, you know, the set behind him is pretty much indistinguishable from the... Uh, the other one that the uh, the king puppet is in. Anyway, there is now an assassin making his way down the side of the building. This is getting a bit reminiscent of the uh, the attempt to kill the director general at the beginning of Winged Assassin. Sleeping in his hotel room, and then a chap comes down on the the rope. Luckily, the director general had Captain Gray. The king has Matthew, who's just you know standing on the chair in full view of any assassins who happen to come through the open window. Wake up! Bit of a security breach there on uh, on Father Unwin's part. Oh, yes, Matthew. A man outside the king's bedroom. Do what you can. It's quite a nice bit of puppetry as well, the way the, the assassin swings into the room there. And of course, ironically, I believe this is the puppet that played the Director General of the United Asian Republic. Anyway, what's Matthew going to do to stop him from stabbing the king? Stop! <gasps> Just reveal himself. A demon. Be careful. We're a long way up. Uh. And that's it for the assassin. He was so freaked out by seeing Matthew, he's uh, fallen out the window to his death. And I believe that is, with the possible exception of one more later on in this episode, I believe that's the only time that a uh, you, you can look at a character in the Secret Service and say they died. Not that anybody actually confirms a death one way or the other, I don't think. Just he may sleep again. As they never do in this show. Nobody ever... If they get killed, which is very rare that you can even assume they got killed, nobody will ever say it. I'm glad you'll be on the flight to New York tomorrow. Meanwhile, precision instrument makers is Captain Blue. Sporting his uh, press the button to set it. His brown hair for the Secret Service. Let's see if the dimensions are correct. Excellent. I uh, didn't expect you to put it in a teddy bear, didn't you? No, uh, it's the sort of thing used in, uh, well, uh, a time bomb, for instance. Is it? Yes. During the war, I Ahmed will pay you. Goodbye. Hmm. So this chap is just. Uh, Goodbye, your... Um, How much? Handed over a, a, a detonator or a timing device, which they've just promptly put in the teddy bear. I love how casual they are. It's like, when he says, oh, that's the sort of thing you use in a bomb. Is it? Is it really? Well, there we go. 
suspects anything foolish, have him taken care of. Ooh. You understand? I understand, Dinus. It will be done. Now we're at London Airport. Um, it's looking a bit, uh, a bit smaller since the Thunderbirds days. Nation on several occasions prepares to go aboard the Royal Plane. What time's the big match, Joe? A couple of minutes. Hang on. I have a small present for your son. Uh oh. A teddy bear for my favourite nephew. That chap. It's the same box. The one with the teddy bear. What are you talking about? If it was for a bomb, they'll all be killed. I've got to tell somebody. Tell him what? <laughs> hey, so he's not got a problem with a, a bomb being put in a teddy bear until he actually sees it being handed to someone else. And then he's like, oh, now I should probably tell somebody. But unfortunately for him, he's being shot at by some live action people. And he's fallen down on the steps of the police station. And again, this was the, what, the thing I mentioned earlier. It's not established. It's not clear whether he's uh, he's dead or not. Father Henry. Thank you. Certainly, being uh, shot down on the steps of the police station, he should have a good chance. But uh, yes, Majesty, uh, we take off as we never we never establish death one way or the other in this show because it so rarely is an issue. To the luggage compartment. Would you like her to take your case, Father Unwin? No, no, no. Please. No, I prefer to keep it. Thank you. Oh yes, gonna have the case. So the. Uh, Moldovan flight to New York is off. Captain Gray is piloting this week. And um, this is the, the same passenger plane set that appeared quite a few times in Joe 90. You fixed the canister in the cockpit. Yes, Highness, to the automatic pilot. When they switch it off, it activates the device for 10 seconds. That will be long enough. Good work. If the bomb fails to detonate, we will still succeed. That's it, plane's off. Bombs and devices and all sorts of terrible things on board. <laughs> I love that as well. That's probably the only time in Anderson history you get an advert break cliffhanger, a shot of a teddy bear. And it's not even a particularly sinister teddy bear, it looks quite sweet. used Joe 90 music here as well. I like that um, it's the world president puppet playing the, the King of Moldovia, and the last time we saw him in production order, I believe, was Joe 90 Viva Cordova. Um, he was Juan Cordova, who was um, very sort of oblivious to the fact that people were trying to kill him. Um, he would often, like, fall asleep. His last words were, sewn into, and that was all. Your pilot has been informed. He says nearest landfall is Iceland. Was that a confirmation of his death, or did I waffle over the fact that he just lost consciousness? What is the pilot's plan? Unless you find the bomb in 30 minutes, he'll ditch in the sea and take to the life rafts. He's already in touch with a weather ship in your vicinity. Good. Meanwhile, we'll search for the bomb. Where do I start, Father? All the luggage is in the rear compartment, Matthew. Search everything. It may be quite small. I understand, Father. I'll use the mind detector from the case. Oh, and a rare mention of... Uh, one of the devices that Matthew's little case is supposedly loaded with. Yeah, as I mentioned uh, with uh, Juan Cordova, the World Pre President puppet was playing a character who was very oblivious to what was going on around him. It, like, he slept through assassination attempts and he's now sleeping through all this going on. Ditching impossible. We've 30 feet high. No, they're not. I can see they're not. 
Oh, waves 30 feet high, and uh, oh, there's there's the Kraken. Oh, yeah, can't land here. Oh, no, it's 11.15. Matthew's scanning away. He's right next to the bear, but he hasn't, uh, hasn't gone to look at the bear yet. Twenty. Your alternative. Switch off the automatic pilot. We'll start our descent. No, don't do it. Don't do it. RM1 to Markham. Request you stand by to assist if possible. Oh, I will be. <coughs> Knockout gas overpowering the uh, the captain and co-pilot here. Receive you, RM1. Please repeat. Come in, RM1. <coughs> And I believe this would be the uh, the last time we see Captain Grey in the Super Mario Nation universe. He's now unconscious. With RM1. Please As is the co-pilot. So there's there's nobody flying the plane at this point. Yes, Bishop. I'm on my way to the flight deck to investigate. King is still asleep. Thankfully, Father Unwin is on the case. He doesn't have a clue what to do, but he's on the case. Oh, this is awful. The pilot and co-pilot both appear to be unconscious. I'll turn you over to air traffic control in Iceland. They'll give you full instructions. Try not to speak gibberish to them. Listen carefully. You're now level at 20,000 feet. This is another David Graham character. Try a gentle left bank. And speaking of last appearances of things, this would be the last appearance of the airport control tower set that I think goes all the way back to Winged Assassin. <laughs> Yeah, Unwin's taking the controls, taking the plane down. Matthew's having a hard time in the back, and he still hasn't found the bomb. Well, Control, we are now at 15,000 feet and flying more or less straight and level again. Well done. Keep her like that. And this is a rather familiar uh, Anderson trope of a plane needing to be talked down or flown down by our heroes. We've had it before in Flight 104. We'll have it again in The Protectors with, uh, with Talk Down. Harry Rule is left in charge of a plane. Um, actually, it feels like the kind of thing that should have appeared more, but actually doesn't. Oh, uh, Fireball XL5, Space City Special. Yeah, Venus has to fly a plane. At that height, you'll kill yourselves by depressurization. Descend to 5,000 feet before opening the hatch. All right, but you'll have to instruct me. And Matthew's found the bomb in the bear. We've got to lose some height before we can open the door. When I bring the plane level, open the hatch. Also an interesting um, nitpick here, the uh, stewardess who was seen loading the teddy bear and, and various other bits of gear in the back of the plane apparently just doesn't exist by this point. Um, you would think that being a stewardess she would have stayed on the flight, but we don't see her anymore after... Have to watch the slipstream. Well, after that moment where she puts the uh, all the gear in the back. But then um, she's a female character, and this is the Secret Service um, disappearing into a, a, a plot hole. She's um, probably getting off quite lightly. She's lucky she even uh, made an appearance, really. Oh, it's nearly 12 o'clock. Matthew has chucked the poor old teddy bear out. Oh, Bombs Away, I believe that was the original title for this episode, and the poor old bear has been destroyed. Poor old teddy bear. The king's coming up to the flight deck, Father. This is my chance to get back in the case. Very well then, Matthew. What's happened, Father Anun? 
I'm afraid, Your Majesty, there was a bomb on board, but it's been located and disposed of. So go back to sleep. But if you were here, who found the bomb? I didn't. The stewardess? Oh no. Great helper surprising saucy most. Oh. I have a helper. Deep jaw of the miniaturization, all tiny, tiny. Very invaluable. Tiny, tiny. I must soon attempt a landing, Your Majesty. Would you? This is, uh, yeah, we've got to get our unwinnies somewhere in this episode, but it, it doesn't quite fit. Uh, I find I can trust you, Father Unwin. It doesn't quite fit the moment, I don't think. Anyway. All secure, Father. Splendid. Wish us luck, Matthew. We'll probably need it. Control to RM1. Do you read me? Yes, Control. Come in. You're wandering slightly off course. And as I said before, this is a trope we've seen elsewhere in the Anderson universe. And really, when you've seen this scenario played out once, you've seen it played out in all the possible ways that it can be played out. You know the hero is going to land the plane. You know he's he's going to be a bit, you know, it's going to be a few near moments, but he'll make it. And, uh... So listening to the um, adjustments and, and such. If you look straight ahead, you'll see the airfield. It, it's never really a, a hugely suspenseful climax. But it is nice to see to feet. Father Unwin actually being a bit more proactive than normal. He's actually flying a plane. Descend to 1,000 feet. It's strange to see him uh, doing anything with vehicles other than, uh, than Gabriel. You are coming down too fast. Yep, coming down too fast. Um, what's another thing? Oh, forgetting to lower the undercarriage. That's something that often happens. Do we think Unwin will forget to lower the undercarriage? We have you on both binoculars and radar now. You're doing well. We'll have you down on the ground in just another couple of minutes. How many pieces? Well, that depends on you. Emergency. Full power. Take her up again. <gasps> Full power. Oh, what's happened? Could it be that he forgot to lower the undercarriage? What happened, controller? You almost landed with your wheels up. Oh, did I call it? I called it. The airfield for another attempt. Yep. And I'll give you instruction about lowering the undercarriage. Yeah, we've been here before. We'll be here again. So it's not, you know, as well to a viewer in the sixties. Um, not that there were many viewers for the Secret Service in the 60s. It might not have been so obvious, but when you've got all of the episodes and you can watch them any time and you've watched them to death, as I have, uh, these kinds of things do, do stick out all the more. But then I'm not sure what you could really do with this scenario and make it different. But the, the lack of tension or suspense here is quite... Uh, quite unusual. A single lever. I mean, even the music isn't really supporting this the way it could. But then the Secret Service didn't have too much music that, um, you know, really reflected sort of an action scene as such. You're positioned right on the runway, less than 200 feet up. Keep her flying straight and level. Come on. I'm losing patience with this, actually, because this feels like it's been going on for far longer than it should have. You're now only 75 feet above touchdown. And we still have no music. You're almost there. Come on. 
Music time. Well, okay, that's Thunderbird's music, but it would have fit. He's down. Look, something's gone wrong. She's out of control. Sharp right off the runway. Oh dear. Crashed into a radar van. Oh, and when we cut back to the model, it's just stopped. For a novice, that was magnificent. Mm. Are you all right, Your Majesty? That, um, yes. that puppet playing the airport control guy looks like he's got uh, one eye a different colour than the other. Looks like he had a, a blue eye and a green eye. Anyway. Today, I have chosen a quotation from the Book of Job, chapter 36, verse 13. The hypocrites in heart heap up wrath. The people who hurt us most are those who profess to love us and yet deliberately deceive us for their own ends. Yeah, but did you actually get the king to New York safely? I mean, that was the plot, and you got him to Iceland, and that's where the story stops, um, interestingly. We'll assume that uh, the king got to New York safely. We'll assume that the oil concessions or whatever it was was, uh, was sorted out. We have to assume because the story doesn't really tell us. And that was Mayday Mayday. Um, you know, I don't remember this being an outstanding episode, but you can probably tell from the way I've been talking about it that it hasn't really uh, it hasn't really done much for me this time round. I like the, um, the first half a bit more. I really like that bit, actually, with the assassin when he sees Matthew. That's something the the show could have done more with, I think. Actually, people are actually seeing Matthew and um, quite understandably freaked out. But... Um, the the second half the flight sequence the that just that protracted landing scene just seemed to go on forever it hit every trope that we've seen with this before and would we'll see with it again as i said and um yeah it's it's like the story didn't quite finish what happened what happened after that um you know the bad guys were still out there the king was still in danger and he was nowhere near new york so, um, it almost feels like there's a part two to this, which we're not going to get, because that was the whole episode. So, as it was, Mayday, Mayday, um, not one of the better episodes of the Secret Service, in my opinion.